Welcome to the Women Encouraged Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Berendrecht. We are all about growing in Christ and being shaped by His Word, so I'm delighted to share these conversations with Christians who love the Lord, love His Word, and are pursuing a life of faithfulness in Him. I'm praying this episode is a blessing to you and that you'll be encouraged to apply the gospel to this topic and walk faithfully with Jesus Christ. Welcome to the conversation. Thanks for joining us again today, friend. Sometimes we think about diligence as though it means working really hard. But today, we're continuing our series on different heart issues by considering how diligence is actually a posture of the heart. My friend, writer Lauren Washer, joins me today to discuss this topic, and I know you're going to be encouraged by her approach to this. As a wife and a mom and an online voice, Lauren truly lives this out and regularly takes the time to encourage women to embrace the truth of God's word and understand what it means to live diligently for him. I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say today. So let's get started right away with my conversation with Lauren Washer. Well, Lauren, welcome to you. I'm so thankful to have you here at Women Encouraged today. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Would you give us a little introduction to who you are and what your life is like these days? Sure. I am married to my husband for almost 14 years now. Um, We have six children, ranging from almost 12 down to two. And we are stationed in Norfolk, Virginia with the Navy. We've been here for about six years. And yeah, life right now, we're still in the midst of reopening from COVID-19. So my kids are almost done with school. We're like looking at summer in the face and just eager for lots of beach days and maybe a break from some of what has already felt like summer in some ways since they've all been home. Um, But I'm looking forward to kind of a slower routine with no school. Um, So my days are pretty busy just caring for my kids and I write in the cracks when I can and serve at my church teaching women Bible studies and um, working in small groups at our church. So that's kind of my life in a nutshell. I love that. One of the ways I think I found you was through Instagram. Maybe, I don't know, are we both in that Hope Writers group too? I don't remember if you're there as well, but Yeah, that's right. I don't know if that's where I found you or if I just found you on Instagram or whatever, but I've just grown to love what you share on Instagram in your articles and um, you've written for us at Women Encouraged as well. And one of the things that I've just been so thankful for as I've read your writing is how you share really out of the overflow of what God is working out in your life and what he's been teaching you about living as a diligent woman. And it just inspires me and encourages me so much to practice diligence in my own life as a Christian, as a as a wife, and as a mom. I'm wondering if you would share about this, because this is what we're here to talk about today, is, is how diligence is really a posture of our heart. And you've done quite a lot of writing and work about this. And I'm wondering if you would share with our listeners just how should Christian women think of diligence? Yeah, well, I'm going to just share with you kind of how this came to be something that the Lord impressed upon my heart. Um, I I was reading through Deuteronomy, I think it's been about 
four years ago now, and just in my regular devotions, and I came across um, chapter four, where Moses is talking to the people of Israel. They are finished wandering in the desert. They're standing on the edge of the promised land, and he can't go in. Um, So he's handing leadership over to Joshua, and he's kind of giving the Israelites his last words. And he says in chapter four, verse nine, only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And when I read that, and then I continued on in my study through Deuteronomy, it's just that phrase, keep your soul diligently, just kept coming back to me. And as Moses continued to talk to the Israelites, he kept warning them about their propensity to wander and turn their eyes away from God and to look literally to idols. They had created idols in the desert, and they were just prone to forget who God was and what He had done for them. And so His warning to them was, keep your soul diligently. And so that's where I started to to just really think, what's that supposed to look like? (laughs) What does it mean to, I guess, guard my soul in that way? Yeah. So I looked up that word um, diligently in the Hebrew, and I am not a Hebrew scholar, but it's helpful to just sometimes go and see what these words actually mean. And that word in the Hebrew has carries with it this idea of like force mm. and abundance, and like in some way we are to be forceful with our souls, knowing that something's at stake. Mm. And for the Israelites, what was at stake for them was their allegiance to God? Are we actually going to worship Him? Are we going to be His people in the way that He wants us to be His people? Or are we going to turn our eyes away from Him and do our own thing? And the same is true for us. So when we think about this idea of diligence as something that actually happens in our hearts, it's this awareness that my soul is to be protected and guarded um, because I'm prone to wander. Hmm. And I mean, I can speak for myself. I know I am every day. I'm prone to turn and look to other things instead of the Lord. And so there's this need for us to be diligent, to really work hard. And I say work carefully, but there is an essence of working at protecting our souls from looking to something other than the Lord. That's so good. When you you talk about a diligent heart, what is what does that posture look like? What would that be? How does that end up being reflected in the Christian life? And does it how does that relate to the gospel? Are are diligence and faithfulness similar or are they different things? Yeah, I think first of all, um, the posture would just be one of humility, like being aware that I, I am a sinner and I'm not perfect. And Mm -hmm. aside from the power of Christ in me, I won't look to God and I won't follow after him. Um, But once I am, once I have have accepted Christ and he is in me and I'm united with him, then maintaining that humble condition of saying, I need Christ. Aside from him, I can't do anything. I can't live the way God wants me to live unless Christ is at work within me through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I think first it's humility. And then I think it's also a posture of submissiveness, realizing that God is my authority, whether I like it or not, whether, you know, what he says in his word, I'm supposed to to be like and to do in order to reflect him. 
that he's my authority and I submit myself to him um, and his ways become my ways. And I'm no longer a slave to that sinfulness, but I'm now a slave to righteousness because God is my king. And so it's a posture of daily taking up my cross to submit myself and follow after Christ. And then I think it's also this idea of um, participation. So like a co-laboring with the Holy Spirit that there's, there's a part of me that needs to recognize that I can't just sit back and throw up my hands and say, okay, Lord, if I can't do this on my own, then I don't need to do anything. No, it's saying, all right, I'm going to jump into this battle because like I said a few minutes ago, there's something at stake here. And so I have to do my part to stay in the fight. And Colossians 129, I think is really helpful here that it, it talks about how we are struggling so there's some this effort of working, but we're struggling with all of Christ's energy that is at work mm. within us. So yeah. it's this participation with what he's already doing, but I'm going to jump into that. I'm not going to be lackadaisical about it. Mm-hmm. So I think that answers the posture piece. And then, yeah, I think talking about diligence and faithfulness is actually really helpful Um to make a distinction. And I think there is a distinction there. Okay. But I think they're also really closely related because faithfulness is, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and, yeah. and doing what um, God says we are to do. And diligence is recognizing, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to keep at this. And so they're almost like, I don't know, sisters or cousins, <laughs> like you're, right, you're doing right. both. Um, but I think as we think about the gospel and how the gospel applies to diligence, because I think we could hear that word and automatically just run to, well, that sounds a lot like works. And right. yeah. if, if the actual definition in English of diligence is careful and persistent work, then well, wait a minute, the gospel says, for by grace, you're saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works. So diligence in our hearts is not this, uh, it's not something that we do to earn our salvation. We don't bring anything um, and mm-hmm. we don't we don't do anything to maintain our salvation or prove to God that we're somehow worthy of his love we're worthy of his love only because he just decided to love us <laughs> and yeah. we're not his because of something special or because of anything great, but simply because he decided to choose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. And so when we think about the gospel, we're not being diligent because we're working for God, for our salvation. No, Jesus did all of that work. He finished the work on the cross that was necessary to bring us back into peace with God and to give us salvation through his life and his substitutionary death on the cross and his resurrection. He secured for us that salvation. So I think that's, you know, just one way that I think the gospel speaks to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so helpful. Thank you, Lauren. And I really appreciate you kind of making that there's that slight distinction between diligence and faithfulness. And that's so helpful to know, like they're, they are just slightly different and, and, and yet both are out of the overflow or the power of the Holy Spirit, really what he's doing in us because we belong to Christ. Did Jesus model diligence for us in a specific way that you think is really helpful for us to take note of? Yeah, I think he did. I mean, you don't have to look very long into the gospel and you can see 
maybe externally how just busy Jesus was. Like he was constantly on the move. He was ministering to people. He was walking from place to place and teaching in the synagogues. He was teaching on the hillsides and the temple and people's homes. Like he was literally working really hard in his ministry on earth. So I think he modeled for sure an external diligence in the way that he did that. But I think when we look at the heart of Jesus, and even in Hebrews 12, where it says that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. And when you think of that verse, as you read the gospels, knowing that everything that Jesus did was with his eyes on the cross. So Mm -hmm. his heart and his mind were fixed on the future. Everything that he was doing, everything that he was saying, all the miracles, all the teaching, all of that was pointing to God's glory ultimately, but it was also leading him to the cross, this thing that he was going to do to ransom people for himself. And so he never veered from that. He was, he he never um, lost sight of the goal, I guess you could say. And Mm -hmm. even when he was tired, you know, you, you See the see Jesus when he's going off to be with the Father because he knows that he's dependent on the Father. I think even there we see that posture of humility that he was dependent upon God. And so what did he do because of that? He sought God's face. He sought time with his Father. He was always interrupted <laughs> because <Right>. the crowds <laughs> were always pressing in, but he was diligent to make sure that he maintained that fellowship with the Father. So I think we see it there. I think we see his diligence in the face of temptation. When he was in the wilderness, um, he was tired. He was hungry. And yet when Satan presented him with these temptations, Jesus fought with God's word and came back and resisted the temptation there. And so I think we see his diligence in, in knowing how to engage in this battle and doing it perfectly, doing it in the right way. And so... I think he he models diligence a lot for us. That's so helpful. I love that. Thank you. And and I love when you were talking, I was just reminded of when Jesus said, I'm, I must be about my father's business, you know, and to think that like his father's business was the rescue mission that he sent Jesus on to to ransom us and to bring us from darkness to light. And when you think about it in those terms, like he was always about his father's business. He wasn't just waiting for opportune moments or waiting for when it was convenient to be about the father's business. He just, he set his heart on that. And that's so helpful to think about it in those terms. Thank you. Yeah. And I too, you know, if we think about us keeping our souls diligently because something is at stake, our ultimately God's glory, but also our own allegiance to Christ, what was at stake for Jesus was our salvation. If he didn't yeah. follow through with what God had you know, sent him to earth to do, we we wouldn't be saved. We wouldn't be justified right. and delivered. We wouldn't have peace with God. But he, even, even in the face of how terrible and horrible that was going to be for him, and he asked God to take it away, he still submitted himself to the Father's will and did it. And so I, I just love thinking about this in in light of Jesus and who he was, that he perfectly modeled how to guard his soul so that he was completely and fully wholeheartedly wholeheartedly devoted to the Father. So for a lot of us, we need to come to a better understanding of what diligence is in terms of not being all external effort, although you did talk about 
the importance of seeing that it is working hard. There is a, an element of work that we engage in here, but that um, it's not putting on or cleaning up the outside of us in terms of a legalistic perspective that we it's everything that we do that saves us, but that diligence is the overflow of a transformed heart. Do you have some helpful hints or some some perspective that you would share about that just in terms of changing the way that we're thinking so that we're not worried so very much about doing everything on the outside right, but rather having a transformed heart? I think this is something that we will probably struggle with for the rest of our Christian lives. It's And it's almost this, what does it mean to abide in Christ? Is it that I'm just resting at what Jesus has done, or is there work that I do? And it's both. And I think that's the that's why we feel that tension because we know we're saved by grace and yet we're called to obey. And so how do I live in this tension? And so I think what we, we've got to recognize that if we truly have a relationship with God, if Jesus is, is our Lord and our Savior and we trust Him with our lives and we're united with Him, there's going to be change in our heart. Like the, mm-hmm. the faith that we have in what Christ did for us and how that changes us, it moves to our heart. And because of the transformation that then takes place in our heart as the, the Holy Spirit works in us and uses His Word to sharpen and shape us and conform us to Christ, there's going to be outward behavior. Like that's just how how it's going to work. You look at the book of First John, and I love First John because I think he really helps us to see this whole, he under, helps us understand what it means to abide in Christ, I think. At least that's been my experience. Right. Um, but he says at the beginning of First John, he talks about how we have this fellowship with God. And then throughout the book, he's saying, okay, so if, if you have this, then, therefore, do these things. If you have the Holy Spirit, then love people. If you believe, then don't forget and continue to obey God. So there's all these things that, yes, we we will be different people because Christ is in us and He's changed us, but it's not the other way around. And that's where we just have to continuously, I think, remind ourselves of that truth that we obey God because we love Him. We don't, we aren't loved by Him because we've obeyed Him. We don't, you know, we're not more and more going to earn more of His love. There's no, we can't earn any more of His love. He loves us as much as He's going to love us. Nothing's going to change that. But how do I respond to Him because He loves me? And that's where the transformation in our actions comes out. There's going to be something different about the fruit of our lives because Jesus has changed our hearts. That's so great. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Um, It is really helpful to think also about Philippians 2, where where Paul says, Therefore, my beloved, um, as you've always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so I loved when you brought up also Colossians 1, I think when you said it was Colossians one twenty nine, where Paul says, mm-hmm. you know, I'm working with all the effort that he's worked in me or all of his energy that he's worked in me. Like everything that we are putting out is because of what God first did in us. And it's so helpful to me to think about that because sometimes I get caught up in feeling like, you know, my efforts don't matter or 
and I think that's just a really fleshly perspective. I, although I do talk to a lot of women who feel like I work and work and work, and I don't know if God's actually happy with my work. And do you, would you have any encouragement for somebody who feels like, I don't know if my work is pleasing to the Lord. I don't know how to know if I'm, if I'm making God happy enough or, um, you know, you talked about just now, like God can't love us more because he loves us as much as he's ever going to love us. And that is so much more than we can ever comprehend. But how do we connect that to the work that we do and, and understanding how he sees that? Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to bring up because we are going to feel like we're not doing enough or, I mean, just being a failure, that's such a common thing for all of us. In a given day, we could probably mm-hmm. find a million things that would be like, "Ugh, I just didn't do enough here. Or if I'd only said this in a better way, or if I'd only, you know, all those if onlys about who we are just within the walls of our home, not, not to mm-hmm. mention outside of that. And I, I think that's maybe where that faithfulness piece comes back in is to say, am I being faithful? And part of faithfulness is not condemning ourselves because of those things, maybe where we have sinned or we have done wrong, but to remember there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But what do we do? And coming back to First John, if we sin, then we confess our sins and we receive God's forgiveness. And so that cycle of, okay, well, maybe I didn't do enough, or maybe I did speak to my kids in the wrong way today. Well, confess Mm -hmm. it and repent and receive God's forgiveness and move on, (laughs) you know? And I think sometimes it's hard for us to move on. We just live in that place of shame or guilt or, but I'm just not good enough. And God says, no, I love you. And I, I do want you to become more like me, but what you did five minutes ago doesn't cancel out how I can change you in the next few minutes or the next day. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to remember. But I also think sometimes we can feel like nobody's really seeing all these things that I'm doing. And so does it really matter if if only God knows all the ways that I'm being diligent? Is it worth it? Right. And I, th- I think we can say, Absolutely, it's worth it because he's the only one that we should be doing anything ultimately for. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. are to live our lives, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We're to do everything for his glory, not for some praise from other people, not to look like we're the best woman, the best Christian woman. We're just supposed to live the way that God wants us to do in whatever He calls us to do. And I, there's an interesting verse in Hebrews, actually, and I, I want to read the whole passage because this was actually really helpful for me um, in thinking about the ways that God does see our work. Because we are called to do external work for him. Work in right. 1 Corinthians 12, he calls us to use our gifts in the church. So that actually means we have to do something in the body. Paul, when he was talking to Timothy, he encouraged Timothy to be engaged in the work that God had called him to do. We're told to be kind, to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So there are commands for us about our actions. Mm-hmm. And And in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews just gives what I think is a great encouragement that speaks to this. Chapter 6, verses 9 through 12 says this, Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. 
For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for His name in serving the saints as you still Mm. do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And I just love that. because so rich. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's one of my favorites. It literally is giving me goosebumps right now because God doesn't overlook our work. And that's not this work that is on a stage in front of thousands and millions of people. It's just our acts of diligently being faithful to our Father because we love Him and we want to serve Him and we want to serve His people and we want other people to know about this great and glorious God. And may we not be sluggish in that pursuit. So if that's not encouraging, I don't know what else I could say to encourage someone, but I hope that that would encourage the woman who feels like, ugh, what is the point? Yeah, that's so great. I love that so much. Thank you. That is so helpful. Um, And that is one of my very favorite passages. I just love that so much. It's such a beautiful reminder that your unseen work is pleasing to the Lord. I need to hear that every single day, I think. <laughs> I think especially sometimes if you're a mom and you're just like, does anybody care? Does anybody care that I picked yes. up this toy for the 10th time so no one would trip on it or whatever, you know? <laughs> oh, man. So when it comes to practicing diligence, I think there's a difference between, you probably agree with this, that there's a difference between perceived hindrances and and real ones that we might, you know, we might imagine that there's a hindrance. There might be actual hindrances that we encounter that actually do um, kind of threaten to derail our diligence. What are some of those hindrances and how can we practice diligence when maybe our hands are really full um, or we just feel overwhelmed with life? Yeah, I think that, I mean, you could go in a lot of different ways with thinking about this. I think, yeah, If we're talking about diligence as a heart attitude, then some of these hindrances, I think we need to first speak to some of those heart attitudes that would maybe hinder us from diligence. Mm, And so one that I thought of would maybe even just be pride. Like, ah, well, nothing's going to keep me from being fully devoted to God. Um, I'm good. Like, I know my Bible and I'm I have all these spiritual disciplines in place. And so I'm, I'm just good. And what does God say to that? Oh, well, he who thinks he stands, take heed lest you fall. And that there's mm. no, you know, we're all going to be, we're all susceptible to temptation. Beware. The enemy is out there. He's waiting and ready to pounce on us. And so I think pride can sometimes hinder us to diligence. And maybe that even that kind of a pride would leave possibly to a sense of apathy or even indifference. Then, you know, well, I'm saved by grace. Then why do I need to do anything? Right. Everything's lawful for me. And that could really hinder us from being diligently in keeping our souls fully devoted to Christ because we abuse Mm. grace when we take on that attitude. And then I think probably just some real life circumstances that can hinder our diligence. Grief, I think, in seasons of Mm. severe suffering. Um, When you think about when you faced a significant loss or a trauma, all those things affect every area of our lives. And so if we're stuck in a place of shock or anger or denial, you know, whatever 
phase of grief someone might be in, that's going to impact our ability or our capacity to be diligent. And so I think just being aware of that and, and knowing that, oh, if I am in this kind of a season, that might, that might really affect my, I might need to put some things in place that would help me to be making sure that I'm guarding my heart in the way that I need to. And then I think, and and I'm laughing because not about the grief piece, but about the the next thing I'm going to say, because um, this is where I have felt for the last probably 11 and a half years is Mm. just this season of being exhausted and tired. And that can be a legitimate hindrance to our diligence. I'm just too tired to do these things. I don't, you know, I don't have space in my day to add time to read the Bible, or I don't have time to pray, or I don't have five minutes to just sit in quiet and think about what God is doing in my heart. And even if you're like in a period of transition, if you've just moved or you're in a new job, all things just make us tired. And so that can make us sort of want to check out and just be like, oh, I'm just too tired. And so I don't have to engage in this in the same way. So yeah, I think there's, I can't, I don't, it would be interesting to hear someone say, oh, well, actually, these are my hindrances. So I don't think this is an exhaustive list, but these are just some things that I thought of that I have definitely encountered in different points of yeah. my life. Do you find that when we look back to how Jesus modeled diligence for us, we kind of lose our excuses? Because <laughs> I feel like that yes. with my own life. I'm like, wait, I feel like I don't have any time. Jesus had almost no time to himself. You know, I feel like I'm wiped out from, you know, maybe loss or injury or or exhaustion from having a baby or something like that. Well, Jesus was pressed on every side, really. Like he, he had no, he had no margin. Like, <laughs> In some ways, like he did make margin in a lot of ways, like he did go away. Um, he did take time. He was with his d- disciples sometimes all by themselves or just a few of them at a time. And so he, he does model that for, for me well. But I at the same time, I'm just sometimes I think, oh, if I just look to Jesus, actually, I lose all the reasons why. And then I also mm-hmm. find opportunities to be diligent um, when my heart is set on like, how can I model my Savior? You know, Absolutely. It's actually interesting because I think that for me, I actually have experienced an increasing awareness of my need for diligence mm. because my life feels so busy and because yes. I'm so overwhelmed. And I mean, this season of COVID-19, I know it's affected everyone differently. And yet all of us, I think to some degree have felt like I just can't. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. For me, um, my husband's in the military, so he's in and out. and His schedule is really, it's not consistent. And so I'm often caring for my children on my own. And um, that can just feel really tiring. But it's in those moments where I recognize, like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I literally cannot <laughs> meet all of the needs around me and I can't do these things. And so it's in that desperation that I recognize I got to be really diligent because when I'm weak and when I'm incapable and my capacity is really low, 
that's where I just have to throw myself upon the strength and power of Christ even more. And we practice diligence by coming to Jesus in that need. And that's where the heart attitude of diligence really comes into play because it's in times of being overwhelmed that it becomes really clear that I can't do this in my own strength. And if God's approval of me is based upon my ability to perform or to keep it together or to be perfect, then I'm just sunk because I can't do it. Right. So diligence for the overwhelmed woman looks like total dependence upon the Lord. And it's humbly recognizing our limited nature contrasted with God's limitless power. And I think that's where we recognize, okay, if I can't do this, then I need to even more be like asking God for his help and his, his strength. And that's being diligent about that. So yeah, I've experienced this heightened awareness of the need to be diligent because my life feels so overwhelmed. My goodness, that is so beautiful and so relatable too. I mean, I don't have the same, I don't, I have less kids than you. I don't, I don't know. You. I don't think you mentioned this before, but you do have a special needs child as well. Um, you have, mm-hmm. you know, your husband is in and out because of work. And I do not have the same lifestyle, and yet I can relate to everything you're saying. Just even with the fact that COVID has revealed my need for more diligence, not because mm. I, you know, am so burdened, but just because I feel frustrated with life. I feel like uh, there's so much that I've lost. Well. In, in those feelings of loss, in those feelings of overwhelm, the only solution really is to diligently come back to Christ and, and throw myself on His grace to meet my needs, to fill everything that I feel like is lacking right now. So Lauren, when it comes to taking a good look at our lives, when we realize maybe that our lives haven't been characterized by diligence, are there some helpful tools or tips that you've found maybe or some guardrails that could really assist us in cultivating that diligent heart and life? I think the first thing is anytime we recognize that our lives haven't been characterized by something that God says should Mm -hmm. be a part of our lives is to confess and to repent and ask God to give you wisdom in what diligence should look like in your life. Because I think it's going to look differently for each of us, depending on our season, depending upon our personalities. And I'll expound on that in a minute. But I think that if we think, oh, I'm not being diligent or I haven't been diligent, or maybe I didn't even really realize Mm -hmm. this was necessary to think through, are there things in my life that are hindering me from being diligent? So going back to a few minutes ago, is is there my prideful? Do I think that I'm good? Am I just banking on God's grace and not really actively participating with the work of the Holy Spirit in my life? So I think taking time to just really prayerfully evaluate our hearts and asking the Lord to show us what what do I need in order to make sure that I am keeping a diligent soul? Um, and then I think we have to think through those guardrails that can, you know, or tips or practices that can help us in cultivating that kind of attitude and heart. And I want to be really careful here because I don't want anything that that we say to come no. across as being legalistic because I think there are, I think it, it could err on that, on that way. And, and so I guess I'm just going to share, like, this is for my own life, the things that when I recognize that I'm not being diligent or the things that have been Mm -hmm. helpful for me. So 
when I find myself having too much input in my life, so that could be too much TV or too many books or too many podcasts, maybe even good ones. Like if there's just too much that I am consuming and I don't have space in my life Mm. for quiet, for reflection before the Lord, my soul literally withers and I just start becoming numb to the Holy Spirit. And I have all of these other voices, Mm -hmm. even if they're good ones, they're competing for the voice of the Holy Spirit. And His is the one that I need to hear the loudest of all. And so it's, for me, I've had to put in these guardrails of being really prayerful and and quiet. There's oftentimes when I will just run without my earbuds in because I need that space to just think and process what the Lord is doing in my heart and to ask Him to evaluate my heart. And I realize that may not be true for everyone, but hopefully there's something in here that will benefit people yeah. who might be thinking through that. I think just the spiritual disciplines, I think those are definitely things that keep our hearts diligently. Um, things like prayer, reading our Bibles, gathering with other believers right now, however we can do that. But I think those things, I know it seems so simplistic or like, oh, I don't know if you remember that song, maybe you sang this when you were growing up, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day and you'll grow. Did you ever sing that song? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now I remember that. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) So I, I mean, it's so childlike. It's like the Sunday school answer, but it's so true. Like, that's what we need. We need God's word. If we are prone to forget him and to forget his word, then we better be in it. We better be constantly understanding it more and more. And I'm not going to tell you that what that needs to look like in your life, but I think it should look like a deep dependence upon God's word and a hunger for it and knowing that his word needs to shape everything about our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting that kind of a spiritual dissonant discipline into place, spiritual disciplines like confession and repentance. I think that quiet reflection will help to reveal if there are areas in our lives that are not fully living in allegiance to Christ. Practically engaging in these spiritual disciplines can look a lot of different ways. For me, it looks like waking up before my children in the day and making sure that I have some space to myself to be in the word. It also looks like setting boundaries on my phone mm-hmm. because for me, if too much input is affects my soul and affects my ability to hear the Holy Spirit, then I have to just have some pretty clear boundaries for myself. Yeah. And also for me, it's just practicing Sabbath. So having a day of of rest and what that looks like, you know, again, can be different for different people. But for me, it just looks like not doing the work that I normally do on every other day of the week. So I don't do laundry on Sundays. I don't cook and I read, try to read really good books on Sundays. So those are just some things that have helped, really helped me in my own life to maintain and guard and protect my soul and to keep it diligently before the Lord. Those are some awesome tips. I am so thankful for those. I got actually took away a couple ideas there, <laughs> like running with no earbuds. That is I think that would be probably very good for me. (laughs) 
I try also to not do normal work on Sunday just so that I have that time dedicated to resting and Sabbathing in a way that's actually refreshing my soul and not just, oh, an extra day to get some extra stuff done or something like that. But to really dedicate that time to the Lord Mm -hmm. really does help me as well. But Man, that was that was so helpful. Thank you so much. I have appreciated this conversation for so many reasons, Lauren, and I'm so excited to share this with the listeners because I know that what you've talked about here is going to bless them and somebody is going to walk away from this blessed and encouraged, especially to really seek the Lord and his word so that our hearts are kept, our souls are kept with diligence um, because we have got to keep coming back there. We can't try this on our own and we need that constant input of his word really to to keep us from going off into those ditches of, you know, legalism or or apathy. Those are, mm. that's so helpful to me to think about. Before we close out, I want to ask you the question I ask every guest Is there something that the Lord has been using in your life lately to encourage you in your walk with Him? I love this question. And I actually think there's a couple of things. The first thing really is He's he's using my husband. We, my husband was deployed over the winter and came back right before everything shut down for COVID-19. And we just really had some great time together. Our family was all in our house. We didn't have any demands other than the school for the kids. And my husband did some work from home, but I just feel like the Lord has been using him to using my husband to really help me understand some areas in my life where I'm not thinking correctly or not responding in the right way. And while it's painful and sometimes embarrassing even just to have your husband gently point out some of your faults, it's also so, so wonderful. And I just am so grateful for the way that the Lord uses this mysterious relationship to to sanctify us. And so I, yeah, I think my husband has been particularly encouraging me in my walk with Christ. And I'm grateful for the, to the Lord for that. That is really wonderful. And then the second thing is our garden. And I don't, that might seem a little bit silly to some people, but we, years ago when we lived in Georgia, we had a huge garden and I loved, my husband and I loved tending it together. Our kids were little and I remember they would come and gather all the vegetables with us and water. And we just haven't had something like that Mm -hmm. in about six years. And this year we moved our raised beds to a different part of the yard and they're flourishing and it has been so fun. I just love going out there and weeding or watering in quiet. So I try to do it when the kids are napping, which means it's like in the heat of the day, but it has been such a a sweet time with the Lord to either just put on some music and listen to worship music or just to have peace and quiet and, and to actually do something with my hands with the earth. And I'm studying Genesis right now because we're going to be doing that at in our women's Bible study this fall. And so as I've been just studying through creation and the call for us to to have dominion over the earth, and then I'm out there digging, literally, you know, having my vegetables, bringing them into the house. It's just been a really unique kind of fellowship with the Lord and has been just encouraging. I can't really put my finger on why, but it's just been a really sweet gift um, to have that time with the Lord in my garden. 
I love that. That's so neat. Actually, you are the third person this week that has talked to me about putting their hands in the dirt and doing work with their hands. Like, actually, you might be the fourth. I'm thinking like, yeah, there's you are the fourth person. I'm like, I love it. I I don't love dirt under my nails, but I do love wearing my garden gloves and getting out there and yeah, just planting and weeding and spending time out there. It's amazing how something you hate so much as a kid can become such a wonderful time with the Lord. Like you're saying, like a lot of the time I do notice how quiet it is and how it's just such a perfect time to pray. Actually, nobody's bugging you. (laughs) Nobody wants to be weeding too. So (laughs) leave you alone. Yeah. I should make that my prayer closet. (laughs) Yeah, that would, yeah, that would work. (laughs) Well, this has been great, Lauren. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Bethany. It's good to get to talk with you like this. What a treat. Have a really good day, Lauren. And thank you so much again for coming on and sharing just what the Lord has been doing in your life. I'm so thankful. Friend, I'm so thankful that you were here. And I really hope that you'll connect with us on social media and let us know how this impacted you. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Women Encouraged. And you can find us on Instagram at Women Encouraged. In Philippians 3, Paul addresses our need to keep pressing on diligently in what we have been called to as followers of Jesus Christ. It is so easy for us to become discouraged when we are looking back at ways that we've stumbled and sinned, but Paul encourages us to set our eyes on our Savior. Jesus is not only the perfect model of diligence, but He is also the one who is our righteousness, and He has given us His Word and His Spirit. We press on in diligence because of what God first accomplished in us and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul encourages us, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, 12-14 Whatever you have been given to do, whatever job or calling has been placed on your life by your loving and sovereign God, do it with all your might. Do it to the glory of God and with your eyes set on Jesus. Thanks again for being here.